1: Hello everyone and welcome to Kilowatt, my name is Bodhi and I am your host and on today's episode I sat down with Bart Shots and as you know, Bart is looking for a new EV and he has been keeping us informed on his great EV journey and I think this might be, I think this might be it, I think this might be our last episode until Bart makes a final choice. So, sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. I did a little something different here on today's episode. I released two versions of this show. One version is edited where I talk uh, I, I cut out all the nonsense that usually is me that brings up and um <laughs> and Bart stays on topic because he's professional. The other version, I left all that nonsense in. And the reason why is because I keep saying if you could only just sit back and hang out with Bart and I, you can see what a lovely human being he is. It's a lot of fun just to talk to him about anything. And I I wanted to share some of that with you. So, most of the time, like I said, I edit my own nonsense out because it doesn't add to the conversation. I, I left it in, in the full version. So if you, you'll see the episode, it'll say Bart's EV adventure, full or edited. The edited, if you don't want my extra nonsense, you can not listen to that one. Uh, the full one is the completely, it's unedited. There's, there's, you get the whole kit and caboodle. The episode you're listening to right now is the full version. Okie doke. Without further ado, let's welcome Bart to the program. Delighted to be back, buddy. I think this is our third visit when it comes to your journey of buying a new EV, and a couple of things have happened since the last time we talked. Yes. But I, I, I want to save the Model Three Highland for the last. Okay. Uh, but you've you've driven some some more vehicles.
2: I have. So when last we spoke, I had done the Volkswagens and been really disappointed. I had done the BYD, uh, the, the Atto 3 on your recommendation, mainly to get a feel for the brand, because I knew I didn't actually want a crossover shaped car, but I was kind of impressed with it, especially for the price. The handling was awful, but everything else about the car was great and the price was really good um actually, uh, and a slight update on that. I got a a message over WhatsApp from the dealer on Wednesday with the Irish brochure, which was the first time they had full specs for us. So I now had the full specs and the price on the car. It's basically five hundred and fifty k range, and it's coming in at forty five thousand euro, which is twenty thousand euro less than the Tesla Model Three. That's two thirds the price. Like again, and that's for the seal, which is the Model three shape and size looks very pretty. So he said there will be test drives in three or four weeks. And I said, I give me a shout when they're available. I will be down.
1: Is do you know if the dolphin is making its way to Ireland?
2: It was not mentioned. Um, the oh, it was the bigger sporty one was mentioned. Um, was that oh han yeah the the, uh, the byd han oh, yeah. was also mentioned yes um and he did he may have mentioned my name one or two of the giant big suvs but i was like i didn't care i, was, I didn't pay attention
1: yeah i'm not sure because the dolphin is a little bit smaller it's a hatchback so i'm not sure if that would fit what you are looking for or not because i know you have bikes
2: yeah, no, there was no mention of a hatchback, so it was um, it was the Atto three, and then there were bigger SUVs, and then there were the sporty ones. So there was no mention of anything else. Okay,
1: so what what have we driven since the last time we talked?
2: Yeah, so in chronological order, since last we spoke, uh, I've done the Toyota BZ4X, which is the worst named car I've test driven so far. Um, the only reason I can remember it is because I have discovered that there is a slight amount of meaning to the name. BZ is Toyota's brand for beyond zero. Apparently they think they can get their emissions less than zero. So mm-hmm. mathematics appears not to be their strongest suit. Uh, the four, because it's an approximately four sized car, it, it competes with stuff like the ID4 and the X because it's a crossover. And that is the only way I can remember the darn thing. So it's Toyota's version of the ID4. And it is the only fully electric Toyota they sell in Ireland, and I'm not sure they have any other ones anywhere else either. Do you have a do you have Subaru in Ireland? We, I certainly see them on the road, uh, so someone must sell them here. But you don't <laughs> okay. see you don't see a lot of Subaru garages around or anything like that. So I'm wondering if they're imported from the UK.
1: The Solterra is the same car, uh, pretty much oh. the same uh, platform as the Toyota EV. I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Well, yeah, I'll see if I can find the dealership. Um, Okay, that's interesting. So chronologically next was the Polestar 2. And then the last one I've done was the Hyundai Ionic 6. But I would like to talk to you in a slightly different order because I want to go from good, better, best. I think that's great. So I'm going to start with good, which is the Toyota. And I... Honestly, I can sum up my review, I think, in one sentence. The Toyota was what I expected the ID four to be. Okay. Solid, rugged, you know, it felt like it wouldn't break. It felt really well put together. It was utterly unexciting. But it felt like the it felt like the most reliable family car you could imagine. It felt like German engineering it felt like everything i thought the id4 would and didn't it's you know i mean on the whole it was just it was good it was like there was nothing i hated and there was nothing i loved (laughs) it was just a good car
1: that's how i felt when i because i almost bought uh not the corolla what's the one up from that
2: Oh, you guys have different names for them all. So. Yeah, yeah, it
1: doesn't matter. They're they're midsize sedan, not the Lexus, but it's a, it was a midsize sedan. But it felt like I was driving a couch, and I was thirty two <laughs> at the time, and I didn't want to feel like I was driving a couch. It would have been fine if I had kids and whatever, but at thirty two, I wanted something with a a little more pep. But it was it was fine as a car. There was nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah, Um, and I'm just sort of looking at my own notes because it's been a while since I did a Toyota. The Toyota was a great, great example is the wrong word, a typical example of what so far all the traditional car companies don't seem to comprehend is that one foot driving should involve one foot. It's in the name. Toyota, in their infinite wisdom, have one foot driving with an undisableable creep feature. So you can go with one foot from about five kilometers an hour up to whatever the maximum speed of this yoke is, back down to five. But if you'd like to go to zero, tough. You need you need to move your foot onto the brake. It's like, wait, why? The whole point of this EV driving style is that you move your foot, just the one foot from zero to infinity back to zero. Um, What it did have that takes it above the BMW is that at least I could put it in... Eve, you know, in regen mode permanently, there's like a button on the center console. Basically, it's, it has a picture of a foot on a pedal, and you push the button, and then you have regen. And as long as the button is pushed, you will have regen for infinity. So i would basically, if I were to buy this car, I would push the button once, and then I would probably stick some sticky tape over it or something, so no one ever pushed it again. But it's still going to do that creep thing, and that makes me really cranky. But the other thing that just blew me away is I, you know, I drove out from the dealership. I was like, okay, this is fine, but let's see. How configurable it is? What can I change to make it be exactly what I want? The answer is nothing. <laughs> you go into the menus and apart from choosing the temperature for the cabin and what's on the radio, that's, that's it. There is, like, I'm used to going into the Tesla and tweaking stuff. Even the ID4 had some settings. When I just looked at the settings, I was like, no, <laughs> it's nothing for you here. Why are you here? Um, so that, that was kind of weird. Um, it did. You know, it, it we had it had sort of a nice two screen setup as well. Um, the fr- the front one was kind of interesting; it was really far ahead of you, um, which is it was an interesting experience. But actually, it sort of worked quite well. It was kind of in my line of sight, but just down below the windshields, very, very, very far away from me. But it did kind of work. Uh, but the main screen it was it wasn't high quality; it wasn't particularly good. Mm. Um. And the other thing, yeah, I just I just didn't find the, the layout of the buttons particularly easy to sort of to work with. I was always stretching for things. It seems like nothing was quite where it should be, and uh, nothing was easy to get to. Um but it did have a really nice panoramic roof as well. Um and the adaptive cruise control, the auto steer, all that stuff worked perfectly for me like i say just a dependable good car um and it certainly it didn't feel sluggish like the id4 just didn't feel like it did anything that this yoke at least wasn't sporty but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't bad actually um uh it handled decently everything inside it was really comfortable um i did my usual trick of parking when i came back to the dealership of parking next to my own car which is a good way to test how confident i am on the reversing cameras and stuff um and it it was all good so basically it's a solid it's a solid ev with just quibbles i think there was nothing about it made me yeah it's just a solid ev like i said it's a good car but if you want to be excited mm, don't buy this one
1: (laughs) did Cause I'm looking at the interior right now and mm-hmm. you're right. Like it, it looks like that instrument cluster is like on a swing arm. If you're looking at it from uh, the side view, instead of like head directly in front of it, like if you're in the driver's seat, uh, it looks like it's kind of like mounted up in a, I don't, I don't even know uh, like it looks like I, it's a robot. It's almost. A
2: strange thing. Cause it's inside like a big V that funnels your eye into it. It's It's like yeah. someone took a dashboard and pulled it back.
1: And it stuck. <laughs> it was like they were di- designing VR glasses, and they're like, you know what? Let's just put it on. We'll just make an instrument cluster. We won't put it on our face.
2: <laughs> it's it is a strange look, and the styling is actually a lot more avant-garde than the car feels to drive. Because I think from the outside, it actually looks quite stylish. It's pretty squared off, but it's not as weird looking as more recent Toyotas. It's I I do kind of. You know, it, I think it looks decent for a Toyota, anyway.
1: Did you feel um, confined at all? Because the way that the center console works is the center console from the, where the armrest is to the instrument cluster—that's just kind of one continuous uh, ramp. Uh, there's, yeah, just, <laughs> good did that feel sure, yeah. at all? Yeah, did that I feel felt cozy, girl? Or okay.
2: I, I well maybe other people would think they but I I thought it felt cozy. It sort of felt like you were getting into something nice and it was like, Oh, this car is hugging me, you know. It was, I, I kinda liked it actually in there and lots of little stowy places, little cubby holes. Um
1: you know. I, yeah, I do like that little storage area underneath what 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 it called the, the bridge. Giant
2: big center, yeah. I don't know what yeah. you call it. It's flowing center console with no end, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's uh, a kitten storage, I believe, is what my son would call that. Big enough, probably stick a small yeah. puppy in there, actually. Yeah, probably. Hmm.
2: So, like I say, a, a good car. Like I wasn't angry with. It. I just, I just wasn't excited by it. It's like, okay, you know, if the worst comes to the worst, then this is the car I buy. Okay, fine, That's a good car. Um, then the next one I'm going to talk about is the most recent one I did, drove, which was the Hyundai Ionic Six. Um, and I, I found myself. F- fighting with this car a lot because whoever designed the software either is a 12 year old boy who wants it to look cool and has no idea what it should do or my brain is on a different wavelength to theirs (laughs) but i could not get the information i needed it would just show me really pretty visualizations. And it took me forever to realize that the important information was in teeny tiny writing in like, you know, the bottom corners of the screen and stuff. Its worldview is completely different to any other car I've ever considered or driven. And even when I pulled over to try Google the answer to things, I couldn't get an answer because it doesn't call anything by what anyone else calls it. So to make it do regen, you have to put it in eco mode. Not regen, eco. And then if you want one pedal driving, you turn, you put it in eco and turn the regen up with the flappy paddles. Yes. And there's apparently, now I think I did a bit more Googling after I gave the car back. I think you can make it stay permanently by making a custom drive mode. So by default, it has like eco and sport, and then there's one called custom. And so I think if I switch to custom and then I put everything the way I want, I think it'll stay there. So I think I can make it always be one foot driving if I use custom, I think. But like I say, I spent 10 minutes beside the road on my phone Googling, and I still don't feel I understood the car. And the thing I definitely never, ever made peace with was the cruise control. I could make it go once. It would start at thirty kilometers an hour, which is slow. That's like fifteen miles an hour at most, right around there. Yeah. And then I would have to flap it up five kilometer, five kilometer, five kilometer, five kilometer, five kilometer. The speed limit is a hundred kilometers. That's a lot of fives from thirty. <laughs> and then once you hit the brake or something, it will cut off as it should for your own, you know, it, it shouldn't keep going. But then I couldn't get it to re-engage. I could reset it back to 30 and paddle, 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 paddle. But I couldn't make it just pick up where you left off. Just carry on. I, I couldn't figure it out. And I, I still haven't. And I asked a couple of friends who drive Ionic 5s and Ionic 6s, and they were like, you try to use cruise control in the town. Oh, no. That's on the motorway. And I used it about four times since I bought the car a year ago. It's terrible ah uh, okay so I don't know maybe it just isn't I, I use my cruise control the most in urban driving because I find 50 kilometers an hour really difficult to do and if the car is doing it I won't get speeding tickets if my yeah. foot is doing it I will So I really wanted in the low speeds and I wanted to follow the speed limit. So in Ireland, we have 30k at schools, 50k in towns, 60k in suburbs, 80k on small roads and 100k on big roads and 120k on the motorway. That's a lot of different speed limits. And the nice thing with the Tesla is you just, you know, put it into, into cruise control and it'll jump to the speed limit. And so it'll just do the right thing. And that makes all the difference in the world. We're starting a 13 going paddle, 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 paddle. And then as soon as you touch the brake, the thing disengages and I can't get it to go back on. Oh, I fought with that car so hard. But apart from that, <laughs> when I was done fighting with it, it's actually a nice car for the rest. So if they were to keep the hardware and give the software some TLC so it was actually user-friendly... Everything else about the car is actually pretty good. For a start, the range is is really high. It's well over 600 kilometers, which is fantastic. It looks sporty. It feels like a crossover. It's the weirdest thing. You see this car that looks like a 911 or something, and you step in, and you're not sitting like in the Model 3, You know, with your, your backside on the road and your feet way out in front of you. You're sitting like you are in a crossover, upright, feet down. You feel like you have a big commanding view over everything. So you really do feel like you're in a crossover, but all around you is this very sleek, sporty looking car. And the way it's curved, I think is what makes it look short, but it's not. It's really tall. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's also quite, it's quite long and it's also quite wide. It is a big car. It's actually a way bigger car than it looks, which you just notice. Yeah, you do notice right. it as you're trying to, you know, navigate through town and stuff. Uh, I got to, because the dealership for, for uh, my nearest Hyundai dealership is in a fairly small rural town, not rural, provincial, um, I got to take it on some little mountain back roads, which is nice. Um, so I got to poke around in town where the traffic was awful, the cruise control when it was behaving properly, it did the whole braking in a sensible distance thing. I eventually made it do the one-foot driving, which it was good at. The auto steer, as best as I can tell, is perfect. Um, it, it handled everything I threw at it. And when I took it up the back roads, it was way more fun than anything else. I ha- Anything else, apart from the pollster, I will get to in a minute. Um, it was not as much fun as a Tesla. It was way more fun than um, the Toyota and 0% terrifying, (laughs) uh, unlike the Atto, which really was horrible. So on the whole, it was actually, you know, on the whole, it's it's not a bad second place of all the cars I've driven so far, actually. And you sort of get the feeling that apart from the weird software Hyundai seem to understand what an EV should be better than any other traditional car maker I've tried yet. Yeah, they certainly understand better than Volkswagen. They certainly understand better than Toyota. So I was kind of like, okay, these Hyundai people, they actually do comprehend how an EV should work. So, you know, on the whole, again, I did the whole reversing the into a tight camera space or into a tight parking space. All the cameras were fine. So it, you know, it was actually a pretty good car, and I wouldn't feel sad. I think I'd have to spend a week learning how to bend my brain to match its user interface i'm sure i'd I'm sure I'd succeed and then it, then it would just be, well, that's how this car works, that's fine, and like I say, I think if I make a custom profile, I think I can make it remember. At which point, all of the most of the weirdness would go away, and then the only thing I'm left with that no one's been able to explain to me because every Ionic five and six owner I talked to said they don't use it as the cruise control. None of them seem to think it was it could do what I want, so I don't know. Then again, a software update could fix it in five minutes, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought they. and I haven't driven Ionic six yet. My daughter and I were going to go and drive them. Uh, at the beginning of May or at the end of May. This is how long ago we had we had made these plans, and then something had happened and then she left for the summer. She's back now, so we'll try again.
2: Have you driven a five?
1: Uh uh-uh. we we're gonna drive the five, the let's see, we we're gonna drive the five, the six, and the Genesis G V sixty EV. Okay. That was the plan. Because the Ionic
2: five and the Ionic six the dashboard, they just picked it up and they put it in the other car. It is the same. It's also exactly the same as the Kia EV6. It's it's the same car. Uh, so the difference is, obviously, it's way better electric motors and stuff and way better battery, obviously, in the Onyx 6 and the Onyx 5. But really, software-wise and just the physicality of the interior it's the same car. It's it's, it's shockingly the same car. Because I had two colleagues in work who happened to be parked next to each other at the charging station, which I guess means it's not that unlikely, with um, an EV6 and an Onic 5. And the outside is so different, right? The EV6 is so roundy and curvy, and it looks way bigger. And the Onyx 5 is all square, it's like square headlights with a square everything. And then you open the door and they have that identical big square dashboard it's exactly the same
1: yeah yeah the gv60 is also really similar on the inside with some nice little elements like oh oh, i can't remember exactly what all i I, there's ambient lighting but i think that might be in the ev6 as well
2: it in. it's in no it's i don't know about the ev6 the ionic 6 so while the dashboard is identical the center console and the doors and stuff are much nicer in the Ionic 6 and the Ionic 5. And I'm pretty sure the Ionic 6 had the nice lighting and stuff, a bit like the Atto did, actually. But that was really nice inside as well. Like it, it did feel a nicer place to be than the Ionic 5, but in terms of the screens, they're the same size, the same resolution, the same terrible interface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, the software did not improve. It looks beautiful with these cool animations and stuff. But in did terms rec- of actually telling you stuff, <laughs> it doesn't seem to
1: be its point. Did you recline the seat?
2: I adjusted everything so that it was comfortable. So I guess I did.
1: Um, well, they have a little—they uh, have a little footrest that comes up when you recline the seat all the way.
2: Oh no, I didn't try that, and the dealer didn't tell me to mm, poop. Mm. No, so, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't know about that because I would definitely would have tried that. That sounds rather cool.
1: Yeah. I just, my kids are are out aged for this, but I used to have to sit in driveline because uh, they went to one school that didn't have buses. So I, I, I oh, you'd God. get to driveline forty five minutes before you needed to pick your kid up. Otherwise, you would be there an hour after your kid got out of school. It was a nightmare. Um, so, so when I saw that, I was still picking my kids up from driveline. This was for the I- Ionic Five. This was you know a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, and I was like,
1: oh man. I could just kick that back. It's so nice. Like, I could just sit in the car and, and take a nap and set an alarm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I can see the value in that, especially if you need, you know, or your kids play some sort of sport and it's just too much effort to go back home. Just, yeah, yeah, fine, you go play your sports ball. I'll just be here with my newspaper. And I'll just kick back <laughs> <laughs> or my iPad. Let's yeah. be realistic. But yeah. I, I wish I'd known about that because I certainly would have given it a go, but I did not. It is big in there, though. It is it is a very it is a very comfortable place to be inside the Ionic Six.
1: Yeah, I, I I got in the back seat. I felt like the back seat was fairly comfortable. Um, I think I think it was it was either the EV Six or the Ionic Five. When I sat in the back seat, it felt like my head was almost touching the top of the the roof. It just felt like it was very tight, but the because the Ionic Six is so rounded, I didn't have that feeling in there.
2: Interesting, yeah, because it does. It, it's it's all yeah. It's like a cross between a Volkswagen, a really 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 big old fashioned Volkswagen Golf, and uh, I think it also reminds me an awful lot of a 911 on
1: back. Yeah, it's just got that styling, that wider stance.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I say, it's a surprisingly nice place to be inside, and they do they do look good on the outside you know they yeah yeah like i say you know good better best so this one is better and the ionic six is definitely in a very strong second place on my list so my list is is firming up and number two is definitely the ionic six and that takes us on to my number one which is without a shadow of a doubt the Polestar two i have no complaints I can quibble about a few things because I'm me. And of course I can quibble about a few things, but there is nothing I can say that is bad about the car. As soon as I sat in it, I realized that this is a car by a company that is as EV first as Tesla, that understands the importance of software as much as Tesla. And... That is built by a bunch of racing engineers with Scandinavian engineering skills. And that's a really good combination because that thing feels as indestructible as a Volvo. Like It's just everything about it is solid. The software, the screens are beautiful. Uh, the center console is like a portrait mode iPad. The front dashboard is very much like a traditional car dashboard, but bigger. And very, very good resolution screen. It's all a screen, but it's shaped like a dashboard. And it tells you everything you need really, really clearly. It's like IKEA made it. It's minimalist, elegant, tells you everything you need and nothing more. It's really good software. It's really physically nice in there. Things are where you want them to be. They feel right. And then you drive it. I thought the Tesla was fast. I thought the Tesla handled well. (laughs) It, It does. But this thing blew me away. Now, very clever of them. I had said, because I didn't want to wait, they asked you on the intake form, "Do you want to drive the dual motor or the single motor, or do you not care?" And I, I only had one day I could do the drive, and I was like, "I don't want to not get to do this test drive because they're going to pick the wrong car or something." So I just said, "I don't care. Just give me a Polestar." Very wise of the dealership, they gave me the dual motor, and their dealership is at the foothills of the Double Mountains. And they said, "You have an hour and a half to do as you wish." By the way. The mountains are just over there. So I was like, well, I'm going to put two and two together here. I can drive suburban driving to the motorway from the dealership. I can go on the motorway for 10 minutes to get to the bottom of the mountains. And then I can go up country roads through the mountains, back to the motorway and back to the dealership and have half an hour to spare if I want. So I did. I went up the Dublin mountains. Oh my God. I have never... Like I always say that the Tesla corners as if it had super glue on its wheels, but actually it's nowhere near as fur as sure footed. I felt like I was driving a mountain goat. (laughs) This thing went exactly where you put it with this sure footedness. You wouldn't believe acceleration that defied imagination and it could steer and turn. As if it was perfectly normal to be able to do those two things at once without an even feeling the tiniest of a hint that there even was software fighting hard to make physics work. Like, I love how the Tesla Model 3 drives, but this thing puts it to shame. Now, that was the dual motor, and it was very, very clever of them to put me in the dual motor first because it, it absolutely blew my socks off. So then I went back to the dealership and I still had half an hour left over. And, you know, so I was talking to the dealer and I said, look, you know, really enjoy that drive. But actually, realistically, I want the longest possible range. If I've understood your brochure, right, that means a, a single motor, not a dual motor. And said, so you have read the brochure, right? That is exactly what it means. We have a single motor here now. Do you want to just take the single motor and compare? I was like, well, actually, yeah, because I really like this car and I actually genuinely want to see what the single motor is like. The single motor I drove, and this is very important. So this is, I drove the 2023 model year, and it has one spectacular difference to the Tesla Model 3. The single motor is connected to the front wheels, not the back wheels. This means that you're steering and accelerating on the one set of wheels. So while it handles better than my Tesla, only just. So... It's quick and it's great fun. But when you try to steer and accelerate, either you will feel the traction control fight you, or if you're on gravel, it'll just go throw half the gravel behind you, which the Tesla won't do. The Tesla will just, you'll just feel the traction control stop you. I'm not sure which is better or worse. It's different. So it's notably different that the front wheel drive is just. Mm, it it compromises things a bit. But it was still, even with the front-wheel drive, it was still a nicer drive than the Tesla, but only just. So I mentioned this to the dealer, and he said, well, it's funny you should say that. He said, because the 2024 model year, which we will be selling from approximately, depending on how things go, April or May, is going to have two changes over the car you've just driven. I said, okay, what are the two changes? It's going to have 600 plus range, not confirmed, probably about 620, which made me immediately go, ooh, that's better than the 550 you're offering now. And we're moving the one motor to the back because it handles better. I was like, yeah, it does. So basically, the, the, you know the things that the car had that were putting it behind the Tesla, the Tesla has 609 range, so 550 was less, and that was annoying me but they're saying 620 or more and the one i drove was front wheel drive and that is a compromise and now they're offering me one with the with the motor on the back i'm pretty darn sure that's my next car
1: interesting so, cuz that's a that is a, um, that is high praise Based on – if you would have came A out of the gate – Cranky, I've
2: been at everything else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not, not at all. But if you would have came out of the gate with this car and said, this is the car, I think I, – I don't know if it would have had, had as much of an impact as, as this. Because you had so many more experiences and you've learned how many more things that you really didn't care for <laughs> – when yeah. it comes to having a car, and if you're going to spend that much money on a, on a on an item, you should care for all of it, not pieces of it. Correct. So, and 385 mile range which is what 620 kilometers would end up getting you mm. for those of us that live in the United States. That's pretty good. Pretty good. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. It's a you know it's ten more than the Tesla the
2: newest Tesla Long Range, and you know what I have now is 420, so it's way more than 420. Um, And now it's not perfect, perfect because it's there's one thing that makes me mildly cranky about it. I have been assured by the dealer if I want to, I can avoid this problem by never signing in. But the software is by Google, yeah. And they think it's a feature, and they tell everyone, No, you can sign into your Gmail. It's like, I do not want my car. Signed into my non existent Gmail because I don't trust Google as far as I could throw them. Um, but you can, I, I double checked with the dealer, with the engineer, basically with every human being I could speak to, and they all said the same thing no, no, no. If you do not log into a Google account, the car will function perfectly. You get two years of free internet connectivity. After that, you will have to sign up to T Mobile and you will have to give T Mobile your information so that T Mobile can give you a SIM card for the car but you do not ever have to sign into Google. And it has CarPlay. Therefore, you can just use CarPlay. Okay, fine. I will accept this. Um So on the whole, I think the Google... Problem that really had me very worried. I nearly didn't drive the car at all because of the Google. I nearly didn't do the test drive because of the Google. And then I then after every other car had been so disappointing, because remember, the Ionic 6 I drove after I drove this. Up until then I had been so disappointed with everything. I was like, okay, I really need to give the polestar a go, even though it's Google. And I'm really glad I did. Because that I think there's a couple of things going on. So this company only make EVs. So they're very passionate about EVs and they get EVs. They understand EVs, which is why Tesla works. And so these guys, they're, I think these guys have now arrived where Tesla have been for quite a few years. But they have arrived at the same place and it's now that I'm buying a car. So that's fine by me. The fact that they only just got here now is not my, you know, I don't care, right? They're here now. This is good enough. And so far, no one else seems to have caught up with Tesla that I've driven yet anyway so there's a lot going on there um like i said the new version is going to be the rear-wheel drive with a longer range all of the materials are sustainable and they actually have a lot of detail on the carbon footprint of the entire process of manufacturing the car all the materials and stuff so they're they're thinking it through all the way they're volvo engineers Mm -hmm. and that the, the vo- I, I may be like a Scandinavian in disguise. I just love the the mindset of, of you know, your Ikeas and stuff like that. It just, it agrees with me. I've always, the saddest day of my car-related life was the day that Saab went bust. I, I always wanted to own a Saab and they don't exist anymore. But I kind of feel like if Saab did exist, they'd make a pole star. It just, it feels like that's sensibility. So it really agrees with me at an emotional level, and if I'm going to fork over sixty nine ish thousand euro, it probably should agree with me sure. at an emotional level. Um, which I think the biggest quibble I have is that their shade of blue is around about as terrible as Apple's ability to make a blue
1: iPhone. It's like yeah, the, you say the blue, everything, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's every color but blue. Is so the, the color of the iPhone? And
2: if I shine a Bright spotlight on it, I can get a hint of blue out of it, but it's pretty black really. Your green is pretty black, really. In fact, all of your colours are pretty black really apart from your white, which is most definitely white. Um and yeah, and just the other actually the other thing, the, the dealerships are also very cool. So the Dublin dealership is new, so they have a dealership in a shipping crate. The thing is literally four shipping crates that assemble into a dealership. I I imagine there's a button they push and it sort of transforms out, but it's probably slightly more complicated than that. But the whole thing is this really fancy showroom in shipping crates. And they have the first use of VR that I have ever seen that I actually like. So they have in front of you in the thing one Polestar 2. And... They give you an iPad and you point it at the floor and it calibrates itself and then you lift it up and you see in the iPad the car in front of you. But on the iPad, you can change the wheels and then the car changes in front of you and you can walk around it and look inside and it's all perfect and it lines up exactly with the physical car. And you can change the color of the exterior and stuff. And already I was like, that's pretty cool. Your blue still sucks, but that's pretty cool. And they said, now change it to another model of Polestar because they didn't have anything else in Ireland yet because they're only selling the Polestar 2 in Ireland at the moment. It superimposes the other models on the Polestar 2 with the front wheels perfectly lined up. And then you can choose to have it in fully opaque mode or in semi-transparent mode. And so you can see how much bigger a Polestar 3 is than a Polestar 2 because it's literally sticking out above and behind and so on and so forth. It was a really cool experience. And what really blew my mind is you can look inside the car that's not there. And the interior gets superimposed on the other interior. It's, it's head-wreckingly cool. It really worked. It worked really well.
1: Yeah, that is, that is a, a feat of, of software engineering right there. That is not an easy thing to do. Because if you move it fast enough, you would think that you'd get a little jiggle or it, something. It,
2: blew me away it, it like it genuinely fools you it's amazing and like i say i've seen i've heard a lot of hype about this vr thing but that was the first time i looked at it and went oh <laughs> this works this has a use now the dealer was quite keen to tell me how how way bigger the pulsar 3 is and i was like yeah i don't want a bigger car if you made a smaller one i'd buy that one yeah, no, we don't make a smaller car. It's fine. Just put the motor in the back and make it go further, and you've sold me, to be honest. <laughs> so, it, yeah, assuming the twenty twenty four model year lives up to what the dealer promised me, I will be buying this car almost certainly. I'm still going to test drive the the Seal, uh, the BYD Seal, because I'm kind of curious, and they have an opportunity to blow my socks off,
1: but. They'd
2: have to beat the Pulsar 2.
1: That's awesome. I'm really glad that uh, I got to be on this ride with you, just even a little bit. Uh, I honestly thought that after you looked around a little bit, when, when we first started talking, that you'd just end up with a Model 3.
2: So did I. Especially after my visit to Volkswagen. Because... I didn't know how much of what I loved about the Model 3 was Tesla and how much of it was just modern car. And it turns out that Tesla make really good cars. They're run by a lunatic, but they make really good cars. And I want a car where I'm not afraid of software updates. So I want away from the lunatic, but I want everything else. <laughs> I want to keep all the cool stuff right I want a yeah. car that is as that is as good that is as much fun that is as forward thinking that is as environmentally friendly that is as well engineered and the Polestar 2 is and it's just Volvo I like Volvo <laughs> I don't mean I just I've always wanted to don't make like a Volvo or something so
1: it appeals to me that way too Yeah yeah for sure uh in 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 some small way the Volvo ex 30 which is their uh, uh really affordable EV it's around thirty thirty five thousand dollars right mm. it's a uh it's an SUV so it wouldn't work for you necessarily but that's kind of what you know I drive here in the US and that car came out or was announced after I had already put my deposit down and we were really close to getting it uh the the model Y mm. but for the you know, roughly twenty thousand dollar price difference, and if you add in tax and stuff, uh, it would probably be closer to fifteen thousand dollar price difference. Um, I, I I would have been happy saving more money um, and still going with a Volvo. <laughs> you know, you yeah, know, th- nobody th- looks down at you when they're like, "What are you driving?" You're like a Volvo, and they're like, "Oh,
2: yeah." Yeah, it it does. It doesn't come with a. Was it I saw? You know, someone in, um, in, in a chat group written, had a, a sticker. I bought mine before Elon was crazy or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, and I guess the other thing you wanted to talk about because it, it is something I've been, you know, I was sort of waiting on. Is okay. So I, there's a rumor Tesla are going to do the Model Three again. There's a rumor Tesla are going to do the Model Three again. And every time I was on, you would tell me, yeah, I, I swear
1: the rumor mill says they're about to do the Model 3 again. <laughs> they finally did it again. Yep, they finally came through the Model 3 Highland.
2: And is that a code name or are they actually calling it that?
1: No, nah, it's a code name. I think they're just calling it the refreshed Model 3 for the short term. Yeah.
2: Oh, what are that's thoughts? interesting. It's not available yet in Ireland. I've, I've just gone to their website because I've been following their website um, since the announcement came out. And initially, the Irish website wasn't updated at all. Now they are saying um, we can pre-order. Okay, well, I guess pre-order is good. Um, it. So I'm just looking at it now that they finally updated the website. Really cool photograph they picked, actually does look i mean you know they didn't it's not like it doesn't look like a model 3 but it does look like a model 3 with recent plastic surgery in the good way
1: yeah it looks a little more styling light wise like the model s on the outside it's, yeah, it's
2: just a little bit more more modern i've just they're just yeah just a little refresh just bring it up with the times it, it i like what they've done with it you know it's, it's not a huge change but i do like what they've done with it um it's now 602 kilometers for the dual-motor version. They've changed their versions, haven't they? Because there used to be three models, and now there's only two models, I think.
1: Yes, so it didn't, the the, um, the standard range version hasn't seen the update. No, 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 the performance. Was not the performance? Now
2: Well, so there used to be a single motor, which is what I drive EV at the host. moment. And then there was a dual-motor, and then there was a better dual-motor. And one of them had a longer range than the other. I think the middle one had the longest range. So you could basically have cheap, go far, or go fast. Was Correct. basically the three models. And so the one I would have been buying was the middle one, was the go go far. And what I own at the moment is the cheap. Uh, very yeah. I literally bought. I went to the Model Three website. I went every dial here. I'm going to turn to the cheapest <laughs> I can, and then I paid three thousand euro to make it blue. So I didn't yeah. quite buy the cheapest car because I really I really do have a thing for blue cars. I don't know if you noticed that.
1: Um We have mentioned that. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, all in all, I think there's some extra um there's some extra things that you can do on the on the steering wheel. Uh but in general I think that it's a good update. If I had bought a Model 3 one day before this was announced, I don't know that I'd be too bummed other than the new Model 3 has ventilated seats. Not having ventilated seats would make me bummed a little bit. But
2: oh, given where you live, yeah, I'd be straight back to the dealership going, um, the other one, please.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're recording this on September 16th, Bart, and it is 103 degrees here.
2: I I don't remember what that is in Celsius, but I know it's too much. <laughs> like 90 it's, something is too much for me. So 100 and something is definitely too much.
1: It's like when your grandma gives you a really long hug oh, and then Jesus, she gives you sorry, a I'm kiss, just, but her, her lips are all wet and gross and she wants to kiss you on the lips. It, it's it's oh, that. It's no, that I, that's just, exactly what it is.
2: I've just asked Siri and it's 39.4 Celsius. That's near as doesn't matter 40 degrees Celsius. That's ah, not good.
1: That's ah, not good. no. We had like 59 days in a row of over 110 degrees. I'm going to complain about the weather because that's what Arizonans do a little bit. Ah, Hang on, that's close to body temperature. It's not quite body temperature, but it's not pretty well far off. How are you supposed to stay functional? Well, you stay inside. Um, Air conditioning. I'm really advocating for switching the school year so that kids are able to be off when it's cold outside. And be in school when it's hot outside. But I'm, I seem to be the only person who thinks that because my kids and during the summertime, you know, we're going to trampoline parks and stuff like that. So we're not doing anything super fun <laughs> in the summer because it's hot here. But in the wintertime, they could stay outside as much as they want and go and do things that kids do. But for whatever reason, they're like, you know, it's, a, it's more important for you to be in school during this time. And the weather's amazing stay inside
2: i sorry i've just discovered a trick yes go. i've told tesla's website i'm belgian or i'm in belgium and since i speak Fluish flemish because i am actually belgian uh, i can see the the new versions in flemish and the range is 629 actually um and there's only two models so the there's a, a rear wheel drive and a dual motor um and it's an extra one thousand three hundred euro for blue, um, which is all I will be changing, actually. So yeah, the, the, it's six twenty nine. So the range has gone up by twenty kilometers.
1: So when you make your your choices, uh, because that's January, February, March, right? Is that when you're planning on doing that early next year? Yeah. Is there anything else that you're going to look at in in between then? besides the seal
2: i definitely going to drive the seal if there's nothing else on my list unless someone announces something new if i learn about something i will give it a go like if, if someone tells me that you know they were really surprised by x or y well heck i'll give x or y a go what the impression i'm getting is that in three years time when i'm doing this again I have a feeling Stellantis will be really high on my radar because the stuff they're describing about their next upcoming platform sounds really good. If they deliver what they're promising in their next platform, like what is it, Stellar Medium or what are they calling it? Mm -hmm.
1: Stellar Medium. Mm -hmm.
2: Stellar, oh yeah, that was it. Um, The Stellar Medium platform sounds amazing. And if they had, if those cars were ready now, they'd really be in contention because I would really quite like it. I've always had a thing for Peugeots, actually. I always wanted a. When I was a kid, it was the big battle. I don't know if it was the thing in America, but in Europe, it was the battle of the GTIs. And you had golf people and you had 205 people. I was very much a 205 person. I always wanted the Peugeot 205 or later on, the 306. I would have loved a sporty 306 as a teenager.
1: In blue. So, my wife's cousin lives in, uh, he was born in Scotland, right? She has family over there. He has such a thick Scottish accent that you can barely understand. His name is Naren. You can barely understand anything this kid says, right? And for the longest time, and when I, when I first met him, he was like 16. Maybe he's a little older than that, but he really, really good human being loved hanging out with this guy. And we would go into places, and people who, who were Scottish couldn't understand him. That's how thick his accent was. So for almost two weeks that I was hanging out with him, he was telling me about a Peugeot, which his family had just purchased. But I, had no, I didn't know what Peugeot was, first of all. Second of all, I had no idea what he was talking about. I was talking to this kid for what seemed like hours <laughs> over something that I had no idea what he was even saying or talking about but he, he was a big fan. He was very happy that he convinced his parents to buy one.
2: So. I I was thinking that the that, that apparently there are so that they're completely unreliable and they fall apart because French cars are like that, but they have an awful 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 lot of heart. Um uh, and yeah, I guess that's a bit that's very european actually. If you think like an Alfa Romeo, you know, when it works it's the world's best car. Most of the time it's in need of a repair. And, you know, I don't think the Peugeots are quite at the Italian level. But Peugeot and Citroën are known to be, actually Citroën in particular, are known to be terrible for their electronics. Um, but they do cool stuff like air suspension and stuff, right? The, the Citroëns, since the De chevaux the CV2, or whatever you guys call it in the States, 2CV, um, De Cheveau, Um they've always had cool cars, right? Um, actually, Do they make it to your side of the pond? No. No, because their EVs look gorgeous, but because they're on the Stella Small or whatever the hell the current platform from Stellantis. I don't even know
1: if it is a Stella platform that it's currently on. I mean, I could be wrong, but I thought Stella Medium was the first platform they were going to start building. And I don't know if, if they've officially started. Maybe some of the... I know the European part of Stellantis is further along than the U.S. side of things. The U.S. side of things feels like it's quite, quite a, quite behind. But uh, like it's, it's so behind. I have almost in every week I have an article about Stellantis that I put in my notes, and it even like there are stages when I put behind the curtain here. I'll mm. read an article, I'll put it in staging, and then that will go into staging again. And then I'll review that staging and decide what actually goes into the show. And at the last minute, for usually for time or energy purposes, I ax the Stellantis one because they're so far behind. I feel like they could say anything. Right. <laughs> and whatever I, my whatever I say isn't going to be necessarily what reality looks like.
2: Like, so my experience is I see. The Stellantis brands on the road and they look amazing and because I'm on the hunt for a car the first thing I do is I go home and I open up the website for the appropriate Stellantis brand and I go and look up the details of the car I was just ogling over and their range on all of them universally sucks they are usually about 300 kilometers
1: which, Which would is put pathetic. It about 140, 140 miles. Yeah.
2: So even my three-year-old, my two and a half-year-old Tesla is four twenty. So if the first number is a three, no, <laughs> sorry, but that is that was that wouldn't have been great two years ago. It's terrible now. So they they look amazing. Like they, the 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 Citroen, the the C the C fours and the C fives. They look so cool, and the three hundred eight e look amazing. The Peugeots, but as soon as you look at the spec sheet, it just falls apart. It's just, nope, you're not ready yet. So that's why yeah. I think when they have their platform, I think they will make really fun cars. I they agree. Need to do it.
1: Yeah, I have Stellantis also, and I'll let you go here in a second. But Stellantis also has a weird thing where uh, part of the, the at least their U.S. side of things really wants to keep that that muscle head like this is Mopar. Um, you know, 1960s, uh, f- you know, muscle car, they want to keep that feel even outside of, outside of muscle cars, right? It, in their other brands like minivans, it just feels like they don't want to let that side of the, the, the story go. And I don't think you have to, I think you can reinvent yourself with, you know, these, this, you know, minivan that can go zero to 60 in less than five seconds. You know, I think you, I think their messaging is we're going to, we're going to hold on to what made us, you know, part of Americana, but I think it should be, we're going to improve what made us part of Americana. I mean, you know, the,
2: the power of having so many brands is that you should be able to do it all. Like In terms of the, like, I'm just looking at the American brands and they're all of a kind. Well, no, Chrysler isn't. Chrysler doesn't have that Americana feel, really. They should really use the Chrysler brand for something more sensible. But Dodge, you're expecting a big shouty car. Jeep, you're expecting a fairly shouty car. Ram, you're expecting a pretty shouty car. Um, They're the only American brands I recognize, actually. They are largely a European company. A Brath, yeah. Alfa Romeo, Maserati—they're sporty, sporty, shouty, shouty cars. But then your Citroen is your completely quirky family car. Your Lancia—crazy that brand still exists. Opal and Peugeot are your typical family cars. Vauxhall is just Opal in Britain because they're different. Um, or do you think they are? Um, yeah, they, they have a much nicer range of European brands now that I'm looking at it here. I don't recognize free to move or lessis or something like that. Lises? I don't even recognize that brand. Yeah, other than that, I didn't I, recognize
1: I either one of those either.
2: Yeah, and DS is basically Citroen sporty. DS is just oh, yeah. the, the the fancy pants Citroen, um, and they they've taken the Citroen logo and they've made it as if escher painted it or or maybe one of the cubist artists it just exploded it they used to call them picasso but since turns out he's a bit of a sort of a i think it was he yeah i don't think he'd do well in the me too era um so i don't think they're they're using that brand as much anymore but ds automobiles that was basically the 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 other yeah, the, i guess it was a lexus of Citroen.
1: Got it, got it. Got it. And free to move is their their charging, like their DC fast charging brand. Oh, they're, so they're not. They cars. partnered, I think, with Mercedes on that and stuff like that.
2: Actually, that was that was the other brand. I a colleague in work was aghast that I had not considered Mercedes. <laughs> so, so to humor him, I went to the Mercedes website. Yeah, there was a reason they weren't on my short list. Either I spend double my budget. Or I get a car with far too little range in a shape I don't want that looks pretentious and ick.
1: See, uh, there, there's a person in my neighborhood that has one of those, right? Uh, one of the EVs, and every time I pull up next to it, I feel inferior, and that's that's on me. But <laughs> I'm like, this car is all. It always looks like it's wet. It always looks like it is just sleek and and like it's just. Moving through there, and then I look at what their instrument panel looks like, you know, through the through the windows, because we don't live in the same part of the neighborhood. And I'm like, man, that's really nice, but also I don't want to spend that much money on a vehicle ever,
2: right? Because I went to their website and went, show me the EVs only, sort by price ascending. <laughs> so it was fifty five thousand was the starting point in euro which is, a, you know, it's, it's, it's a little below the Model 3. But that was a terrible car. And it did not have a nice interior or a nice exterior or good range. It was a pretty awful car. And then the next one up was 65 and then into the 70s and then into the 100s, 200s. <laughs> and then we were into amazing cars. They looked fantastic outside and in and had stupendous range. But that's triple my budget. And yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, yeah, I, look, you work with me. How were you thinking of this car? I, was like, oh, I wasn't thinking of it for me.
1: <laughs> My, uh, one of the people on the other shift, uh, that relieves us, she became a, it's common for firefighters to make terrible financial decisions. So she became a firefighter, uh, got out of the academy and uh wrecked her i think it was a kia right and then she was like okay well i'm gonna buy a new car i got insurance money she bought a really nice mercedes i don't know which model it is but it's really nice and she takes really good care of this thing but she basically has to work one overtime a week and for her because she's new her overtimes don't pay all that much so she has to take one overtime a week to pay for that car and her apartment um yeah. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz?
2: <laughs> yeah, they do. They do still have something. Yeah, but as I say, they, they didn't last long on my short list. Even even though my colleague insisted on, on looking at it again. Um, but no, they did not. They did not get far. So yeah, like I say, I'm open. I'm open to discovering something I don't know about. But I'm pretty sure the Seal will be my last test drive, and then I'm going to wait for the 2024 model year pricing on the Pulsar Two and the official range, and then into the spreadsheeted logo. But unless something unexpected happens, it'll be Polestar, choice number one, Ionic 6, choice number two, and choice three is open. might be the seal. Mm, Yeah, choice three is open.
1: Well, that's awesome. Bart, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. I realized the last time when I was editing our last episode... I did not give you an opportunity to share where people can find you. I also didn't tweet about it or anything else. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But uh, you you did. You're like, hey, I was on this podcast. I like, oh, I'm a bad host. But how can people find you? Uh, easiest place to
2: go is lets-talk.ie, which is where my two podcasts hang out. Uh, they are both monthly shows. Uh, I do one show each month on the Apple News I sort of, I do, there's lots and lots of people doing regular Apple news every day or every week. I do the zoom out version. I basically stand back and take the big picture view once a month. And it's really fun writing those show notes because you actually do get a different view of what's going on when you only do 12 shows in a year. And then my other one is a photography show, and it is not a gear show, even though my Apple stuff is clearly gear, right? That's (laughs) by definition. But the photography show is the complete opposite of that. It is about the art and craft of photography. You know, why would you use a zoom lens, not what zoom lens should I buy, you know? what's the difference between shooting with a a big camera versus a camera phone not which camera phone should i buy you know that's sort of the the difference i guess you know how to photography not what to buy and i have a lot uh, of fun
1: is the first step always live in a fairy tale like book of village is that the first step because i see your photos and i'm like "Mm."
2: no there is beauty everywhere
1: you, yeah, you, all of them, uh, the color is beautiful. The flowers are beautiful. The sky is beautiful, even when it's gray outside. Um, uh, the buildings are beautiful. If you threw that in a little black and white and maybe added a little, a little effect here and there, you could make it look like it was like 1940s industrial area. You live in an area that is just very photogenic, and it's, it's hard to find that, uh, in, in the, uh, dirt field sandbox that I live in. I, there is something photographically special everywhere. It's different everywhere,
2: and sometimes it involves zooming in. Sometimes it involves zooming out. But there is something everywhere, um, and the art and craft of photography is finding it.
1: <laughs> I will say, I will say that Arizona has the best sunsets out of any places I've ever lived. Uh, including Big skies, like beautiful, and it's it's so pretty. And uh, one of the rockets went up in California uh, last week. And uh, we we're, were sitting outside watching that. That was really cool. Really, That really is cool. Yeah, we watch. don't
2: have... <laughs> no one launches rockets from Ireland.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, don't that, know, but,
2: we do know the weather for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome, Bart. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to put everything in the show notes, and I appreciate you coming on and, and being so generous with your time.
2: Bodhi, I have so much fun talking to you. You can have me on. Whenever we have something to talk about, you can always have me on because I love talking to you. And apparently the listeners like it too.
1: They do, and and since we've had so many uh, digressions in this this conversation to this point, I'm just going to leave them in because I keep telling people that they need to know what the conversation is really like, and this is what it's like. There so no editing today.
2: <laughs> That's a good excuse. I like it. Uh, okay. Actually, in the very early days of podcasting, there was a podcaster I listened to called it uh, "Live to the Hard Drive," which is his <laughs> excuse for not editing. I thought it was a great phrase, "Live to the Hard Drive." Anyway, Bodhi, thank you again, and I will talk to you whenever.
1: I would like to thank Bart for coming on and being so generous with his time and information. Like, Bart lives in Ireland. It is late for him when we record this. And he still, he comes on, he gives us great information. He he is very patient with me. So, yeah. Uh, I adore Bart. He's a wonderful human being. So if you want to catch more Bart Shots, you can catch him on the Nocila cast. Every two weeks he's on and he does security bits with Allison Sheridan, another friend of the show. And then Bart has Let's Talk. So it's Let's Talk Photography and Let's Talk Apple. And I will put links to the show notes for all of this. And I would highly encourage you to go and listen. All right, everyone, that is it for me this week. If you want to email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. I hope you all had a wonderful day, wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you on Friday, where my guest will be Edwin Zhao.